Are you tired of hearing mental health from a superficial view and want to hear about realistic views? Well, you come to the right place, a space where healing is central, but also normalized. Your hosts, Donika and Myra, who are in the mental health field, will explore topics to help promote healing in your everyday life. Through our podcast, you will get the real and the work to focus on your healing. Welcome to Black Women Healing Podcast. Hey y'all, we're back with another episode. Today we have, you want to say your name? Because I'll always butcher your name. I'm going to let you say your name. Aisha. Aisha. Um, and first, before we even introduce you, we're going to start off with a random scenario. Okay. Okay, so Donika, you want to take it over? <laughs> She's like, okay. Uh-oh. Nope. I know, I'm so, I'm sorry, so sorry. Uh, can you pronounce your name again? Because I most definitely don't want to get it wrong either. Aisha. Anything hey, in the neighborhood, Aisha. though. <laughs> We're going to get these names right. Today. All right. <laughs> so, Aisha. Yes. I love that. That's very unique. I like that. Okay. So, we start off with a random scenario, and it's literally random. So, um, I'm on the spot. And so, let me think of something. Um, random scenario. If, if you had to survive off of one food, one one type of food for the rest of your life what would that food be one dish one dish so one dish like one, like it gotta be like spaghetti or chili chicken um like one dish yeah I think I'm just gonna do like this is gonna be so basic but I'm gonna do a Buddha bowl with like black beans rice and like Brussels sprouts just because I can get my protein in and I ain't got to worry about you know I'm just, I'm trying to be responsible. That is smart too, talking about you guys, because if you got the bowl, like you said, you got your protein, you got your vegetables, you right. got everything. That is smart. That's my go-to, like when I'm trying to be good, I always get like some rice, some black beans, um, Brussels sprouts, and if I'm being fancy, a little sweet potato. Ooh, where you get this from? <laughs> I, I just be making it home. <laughs> my little, my cousin got me into that. <laughs> nice. Okay, y'all. So Aisha is our guest today, as y'all have heard, and she is a public relations and media professional. From blogging to vlogging to copywriting, copy editing, podcasting, live broadcasting. I mean, she does it all. She has tons of experience. As a freelancer consultant, Aisha help smaller businesses entities create better content online murphy for hire new media consulting services has helped small businesses small nonprofits, and micro influencers develop and optimize their social media operations through content strategy and social media strategy and she's looking for new clients also aren't you <laughs> <laughs> after the holidays but yeah i'll be looking okay, for after the <laughs> <laughs> so aisha has helped to launch countless live video series instagram tv series series facebook audio series youtube channels podcasts vodcasts blogs and businesses online and she is currently working in public affairs with the government <laughs> right i know don't, don't make it sound so ominous it's not <laughs> The government. <laughs> right, right. right. So let's, let's go ahead and dive in and talk about how you found your passion in social media and digital marketing. Well, I would say that a career in social media found me, a career in public relations found me because I'm a really roundabout person. So I found this career in no other fashion. 
So I am the kind of, uh, I don't want to be negative, but some, some people might say a master of none, you know, <laughs> I do a lot of different things and I always have been interested in a lot of different things. So um, I started with a, a part-time career in journalism as a freelance journalist while I was still a college student. I was working on my undergrad degree and I had all these jobs working at bars and stuff at night. And then I would write in between, you know, trying to find any way as someone living on my own, y'all know what it is, being on your own as right. a student, trying to make money any way that I can. Mm -hmm. And so I worked with the Miami Examiner. It's no longer in publication. It was an internet-based um, website. And I was, I would go to live concerts, mostly in dance hall and reggae singing. So I would write about those experiences. And then I graduated and I thought, oh, the clouds are going to open up and, you know, God is going to put this fancy job in my lap and <laughs> I'm going to be balling. Like, I'm just going to be, you know, I thought the heavens would part and my day would come. But I actually graduated. I took a little longer to graduate. I got, um, I finished school in 2008, right during the housing bubble collapse. Mm -hmm. And nobody wanted to hire me in Miami. It was like that little degree is cute, girl. But yeah, we ain't got no jobs for you. Have a nice day. So I, I wanted to go to law school, but I didn't have a steady career. And my family was struggling back in Cali. So I just went ahead and I said, let me find whatever job I could get. I started selling. First job that I got that would take me, it was selling cruise ship packages, cold calling people. I would be calling people Sunday morning. They weren't thinking about no cruise. I just happened to get their number. They cussed me out, hang up on me. <laughs> then I was selling education and I got better at selling. At that point, I was uh, working for a for-profit university. The reason why I'm spending so much of my time on selling because it was like an integral part of who I am today and, and how I got into this space. So um, basically, I hated selling because I would always get in trouble because I, I would tell the truth. Like, <laughs> you can't use this degree to, to be a doctor, it's online. No, if you wanna be a doctor, you need to go to a 40. I would get in so much trouble. But I would convert the people who were maybe looking to get a master's degree, who had the cash to pay for it, because I have a conscience, mm -hmm. conscience. So eventually, I learned all about sales psychology. Mm. I learned about consumer psychology. I learned all the tricks of the trade and how to build rapport with people to get them to convert into a customer. Mm. And um, like a lot of what I didn't know at the time was a lot of these companies, when we would have our training people come in, they would have psychology background. So they would be able to give us insight into buyer behavior and they would be designing the programs and stuff so that we can understand the consumer's thought and be able to sell them, you know, what we wanted to sell them. So through that, I, I started thinking, I'm like, I can write. I have a strong writing background. I know about sales and marketing. <laughs> I could be a publicist. I have, so that's how I got to where I was today because now social media is very much, even though I, I do more strategy, social media is very much a part of the strategy. So um, my whole sales, my whole journey, all that random stuff came together to put me into this industry. Nice. Okay. So what are the impacts that you would say, like being somebody so heavily in social media, marketing, PR, what would you say the effects are the impacts that it's had like on your life personally? Well, 
Well, I would say this. It's had some positive impacts on me. I've got to travel, uh, you know, have companies fly me out to come to Dallas one time. And I taught all these kids how to use social media. I had a per diem and I've had other situations like that. Things that I was never able to do as an entrepreneur, I was able to do through this career. So there's that positive aspect of it. But there is a negative side to it where it's like, I would prefer that you email me or text me or DM me a lot of the times. Uh-huh. There's like a few people that are on that VIP list that I really don't care if they call me and it's very few. So face-to-face human interaction, like impromptu, I, I have to be primed for it. So I feel like I didn't used to be like that, but now I prefer that layer of like barrier through texting and stuff like that and not necessarily face-to-face. So that's like one of the negatives for me. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Now I'm interested. Well, I would just say it's like, sometimes I feel, you know, if you're texting me, it's, I, I type really fast, right? I probably type like adjusted with errors, probably like 65 words a minute. So I can just type you something real quick, but then I can be over here cooking, but then I can jump over here and, you know, read an email or two. I can't do that if I have to like, talk to you in front of me I have to like be present which I I should be present it's important Mm -hmm. but I'm always trying to do 50 things at once and so it it doesn't afford me that luxury to multitask you know if I have to be present and have to you have to see that I'm into what you're talking about so sounds crazy Mm -hmm. but it's true so what does that look like with like when you actually have to have human interactions? Like let's say like you go on a date or something with a friend or you know, out with friends. What does that look like? Well, like when I'm out with friends and stuff, it depends on the group of friends. Cause I have like my friends who they work in the media space. So we're all we all have moments where we're all on our phones and we're all doing our media stuff and we and then we'll stop and we'll say, okay, now we're gonna sit here and talk for a little bit. And then 20 minutes later we'll go back to you know we kind of go in waves but like it's been an issue with like my my friends that I've known since high school where they've like oh my god why do you always have to do this and why do you always have to do that and it was it was an issue to where it's like I'll see y'all once or twice a year because y'all be getting on my nerves because you don't accept me for who I am like I accept you and all your whining and stuff but you're mad at me because I take 50 million pictures like (laughs) (laughs) get with the wave (laughs) right Right. this is so true um so as you all can see today we're going to be focusing on social media and it's in fact in in effects on women in particular black women and so um i want to ask you um for a little bit let's go Let's go dive a little deep into it and talk about uh, both the good and the bad effects of social media, especially on Black women. What would you say? Okay, so there's a lot of, what I, the way I look at social media, it's a very powerful tool and it's a gift and it's also a curse. Mm-hmm. Everything that's bad about it, there's also, you know, that same amount of things that, that's also good about it. So um, the key to it is just balance, but you know, that's not realistic. We, we live in like a, a society where imbalance is so common. So um, I would say the good part of it is that it totally shifted the paradigm of communication. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, as, as therapists, as people who 
communicate, who listen for um, a living. You, you guys know about the two-way communication model and all that communication theory and all that stuff. Back in the day, or? can you clarify for us? <laughs> well, okay, so you know the, the traditional communication model was that you have a sender who sends a decoded, a, a coded message to a receiver who decodes the message, and then they send, give feedback. You know, if the communication is effective, they're listening, they receive the message, they're able to decode what if the message is clear that, and that's that's what effective communication is. But then you have all this extra stuff that comes into play that makes it really hard to communicate um, effectively. So if we're still on that two-way model, then you've got noise. And that could be in real life, outside of this analogy, it could be uh, competition. You've got a whole bunch of people shouting the same message as you that's blocking the, the receiver from hearing what you're trying to say. Right. You've got barriers to entry, so you've got, um, miscommunications you've got gatekeepers let's say you're trying to pitch somebody to get them to sponsor this podcast well yeah. maybe they have a secretary she doesn't like the way your voice sounds she doesn't like the color you have on you remind her of the girl who stole her boyfriend or whatever and she's like my boss is not available she's she's not available so you have all these different things that can block communication with social media it's just a paradigm and it removes some of those barriers to entry and kind of streamlines communication. So that's one of the reasons why in my field it's been so revolutionary in a sense to even where people like me are kind of being taken out of a job in some scenarios because now people who didn't have the know-how and the resources are able to gain some knowledge and, and get to who they're trying to reach a little bit faster. Yes. so and then you can build a tribe you know you can find people who are like-minded like you online you can um start movements online um you can what if you're an introverted person who doesn't like talking this is perfect you can get on a podcast and pretend like you're talking to your best friend and still get your word out there where before getting in front of people you might not have been able to do that because you would have been too nervous mm -hmm. so it's the positives but then some of the same things that are positive can also be negatives when it's like overboard as well too so um i would say the negatives would be things like uh i mean so many so <laughs> the, <laughs> the positive was strong though y'all the positive I mean, was strong, it's strong because it's revolutionary when you use it consistently and strategically and you're not just on there to see what your baby daddy is doing or what your cousin is doing it can it can be revolutionary what you can do with the power of the internet mm -hmm. um but then like let's think about negative messaging well, you can get it amplified from 50 different channels coming at you, bombarded with it. It's like beating a dead horse. You know, when a negative story goes viral and you just kind of have to log out because yes. it's like, it's it becomes toxic. Mm -hmm. Everyone's talking about it. Everyone has an opinion about it and it can just become so overwhelming. Um, and there are things like negative, just wait, we can get flexing in my complexion and black girl magic. Then you get these ashy, I mean, no shade of hotels, but hotep hashtags, like where they hate black women or they hate, you know, and that's how I say it is like the overarching issues with social media. I think everyone has them, yeah. but I do think 
you know, it affects black women specifically in the way that the internet is just the digital reflection of what's already going on in our society. Mm-hmm. So some people live to troll black women. So then that's further exploded and amplified online and blown up and given to you way more consistently with access from your smartphone, which you keep in your pocket and your hand all day. So it can be very toxic for us um, with all the negative imagery and we being positioned as black women as the villain of like our community in the world. Like I'm not trying to like say we're victims because I don't accept that, but there's a lot of trolling of our of our community online. Absolutely. Are y'all hearing Aisha though? Because um these gems that are being dropped. I'm hearing it and the thing that I the thing that I really like that you was talking about was like the communication piece and how uh, you you talked about the psychology of it. What was it called again? The the two the two way communication model. The two way communication model and how mm-hmm. we receive information. And so the now with the social media piece of it is just amplified. Yeah. And so we have all of this information, but we have to like filter through it mm-hmm. to find the positives. And then also how you talk about what's happening online, them trolling black women and you know the the disrespect and all of that is happening already in real life. It's just now it's online too. And then we have no choice but to address it or to look at it. It's everywhere we go. It's in not just online, but even in the media, the, the movies that we watch, you know, some of our favorite um, comedians and stuff, they do sketches where they, you know, dress up as black women and like get it how you live. Some of the stuff is funny to me. I get down with TT every now and then, but it's like, they have to make fun of our femininity. They have to make fun of our mannerisms. And um, th- another thing that I would say too is like with certain tropes being like confirmed. So the strong black women trope, like we gotta wear a cape all the time. Well, you might see this lady who she went to, like for me. I know this girl who graduated from law school. She's got three kids. I couldn't go because I was like the money, the money. And I'm like, oh, she's so like she's so much better than I am because she was able to do what mm-hmm. I couldn't. You know, like there's certain things that it confirms, certain insecurities that it might confirm, just like by comparing and the whole imposter syndrome and all of that stuff. So I do think that it impacts us. I mean, when. I think it impacts us the same, but I think it impacts us differently because we have different issues and then it's at, it's, it's on our phone screen all day, every day. Mm-hmm. Right. And I do want to move, I want to move on, but I have a question because sure, what, sure. what you just said about like the, with social media, especially with black men and even like white people and white men um, in general, like what well, not even just just people everybody but black women making fun of black um black women online those were some of the first like social media videos like through the vines and all of that it was making fun of black women black girls be like uh that yeah. was like the, the biggest one <laughs> like and it's so interesting how it continues to happen though like it's it hasn't it's like it hasn't stopped. It's continued to happen, and like I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? What do you think is some? What do you think is happening there? I mean, I think that it's like I said. I feel like a lot of stuff that happens on social media is is just exploded. It's just what we've already had in our real life 
in mm-hmm. digital form, just blown up, just larger, you know, because it's so, it's so much more consistent. It can reach so many other people. And there's actually an artist, um, an article that I was reading on Essence that was talking about that, where it's like, okay, we can scroll past this stuff and we don't have to laugh, like, it, you know, because we don't find it funny. And it's okay if we don't support these people. And it's okay, like, I just, I mean, back to the, the mammy um, figures that were presented in, in early Hollow, Hollywood and things like that. Yeah, and like, you know, it's really not a new game. This is not even original. It's like y'all just doing stuff they was doing it and you yeah. just using common terms. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and um, I'm just thankful that they have that platform, but we have platforms like this where we can sit and talk about it and point it out and let other black women know like no girl you're not tripping they are trolling us and we're better than that if y'all don't know what the mammy is it's on display at the um california african-american museum right now and i believe it's on display display until like february or march so i highly suggest y'all go check it out so that you can learn more about it um so i'm gonna jump into the next question how is social media set up for the consumer to consume from like what you learn so it's um one of the biggest ways that these social media platforms um, generate revenue is through ads targeting. So one of the things that I did used to do is I used to target ads for companies. We would do ad campaigns and Facebook specifically has done a a really, um, I mean, all of them have done a great job, but Facebook is really leading the way in having these very, specific ad targets so i don't know there's this there's facebook has been in trouble for like the last five years (laughs) zuckerberg had to go up to the senate and they think like oh it's this magic internet you know so (laughs) they don't understand anything he's talking about um but one thing they got in trouble with was hud they got in trouble with hud because people were able to go in there and and with HUD, um, the housing agency, you're not allowed, it's supposed to be equal opportunity. So you mm-hmm. can't target people by race and religion and gender and, and even, um, you know, earnings to a certain extent. They have to be able to afford where they can live. People were going in there and were like, I'm going to target this ad for this rental complex, um, but I don't want Blacks. So you can exclude, you can exclude demographics by race. You can exclude um, certain income brackets. You can exclude, like if I wanted to target black people without targeting black people, I could say, without saying specifically African-American, I could be like people who like essence, people who listen to black women healing podcasts, you know, cause I'm assuming they're black. I don't want anybody who has liked this page to be able to see this ad or whatever. So I, it sounds horrible, <laughs> but because yeah. it is horrible. And so because this is such new terrain and it's heavily unregulated, HUD hadn't thought to say, hey, you guys can't do housing ads. And it wasn't a problem until it was where somehow somebody internal went and whistled and blew that whistle and said, hey, they're over here being racist and violating HUD policy. And so that was like, that was actually the first offense a long time. He got in trouble for that a long time ago because to his defense, you can't foresee every problem that this Frankenstein-like creation that you made 
is going <laughs> to create. But um, that's just one of the ways. I, there are certain things you can do, like specifically, if someone clicked on the ad and then went on to use a credit card to purchase off of that ad that they clicked on within Facebook, Mm-hmm. I can target people who made a purchase via Facebook ad, via credit card within the last 90 days. And mm-hmm. if I'm selling these hats, that's how specific the targets can get. Um, and there's, there's millions of things that you can target. You can target down to zip codes. Wow. Yeah. I noticed yeah. that when we, we, we use that, we use the Facebook and Instagram ad to promote our, um, Black Women Healing Launch, uh, Black Women uh, Healing Podcast Launch Party. Mm-hmm. Uh, shout out to those who went, yeah, um, including a. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and so when when I was like putting in all the stuff, it was one I, I recognized that especially with Facebook, if you have a business page or a page on there, people who's your friends are not getting to see the stuff you post in. Right. You literally have to; they want you to pay. Mm-hmm. to like for your that type of business page for your friends to even see it so it's like when we post and we only get in like 11 interactions and we like what right. like how how is only 11 people or even 20 people seeing it when combined my friends and and my friends you know we it's so many more people our post should be reaching but it's because they're like forcing you they want you to invest and pay to then boost your post and then it is very directed where it's like um, do you want to, you know, different areas? Do you want people in, in Los Angeles? Do you want like mainly men or women? And then you pan to promote whatever you're trying to do. Right. So it sucks though, because it's like, why come my friends can't already see this? But, um, that's <laughs> Facebook is winning right now. It's winning, but I'll say this, they prioritize ads content and I won't get off into the algorithm because honestly, like nobody knows that they change it so often, but either that you're going to spend a lot of money or you're going to spend a lot of time. Like those 12 year olds and 13, well, 13 year olds, that's how old you're supposed to be to be on Facebook and Instagram. Okay. You know, those little pre them teenagers who have like 50,000 followers because they ain't got nothing but time to sit there and like and interact all day. Like it's either time or money that you're going to pay to get in front of people. And because they, they engage so much, that's why their page is able to get more people to come to it because they're on it literally like putting in, clocking in 12 hours of shifts. You know what I'm saying? And I don't know who has time for that because I don't. <laughs> and I work in media and I still don't have time for that. That's, so, that's, that's so interesting though because the next question talks about what are your thoughts on... Um, social media cleanses because especially I mean not only for the young ones but we like you said we'd be on our phones we usually are on social media a lot so what do you think about those social media cleanses well before I roll into that real quick I just want to touch on one more thing because I don't think I said this with all the targets and stuff that's one piece of it but then you have the content piece of, of how people market to you and people market to your pain that's part of um, consumer and buyer behavior. People don't buy stuff just because you're like, look at my pretty product. They buy it because it somehow enhances their life or their experience. It makes them feel better. It makes them attain something that they want to attain. So selling one-on-one, they always tell you that people are thinking about the whiff from what's in it for me. And you have to line up your product and, and your experience or whatever it is you're selling to show them how what you have 
gratifies them or gives them something in some type of way. So you have all the targets that they're targeting you with, plus this very strategically laid out content that's speaking to your pain. I don't know, you want to be 10 pounds lighter, you want to look prettier and, and attract better guys, like whatever it is. They're going to find a way to work that pain. So you can say, wow, if I buy this thing, if I take this course, if I like this page, I'm going to learn what I need to learn to be who I need to be. So that's something I always try to share with like young girls and um, young guys, even too, is like, there's nothing wrong with you. Like we, we have worked on this to get you to convert. <laughs> My industry has done this. You're, you're fine the way that you are. And there's a, um, her name is Jamila Jamil. She's an actress. I love her. <laughs> she, okay. she has a, um, a project called I Away. And um, she calls out all advertising companies that use shady practices. And like she, she takes them down on social media. I mean, she's brutal. But she breaks down and adds to show how it's preying on people's insecurities. Mm -hmm. So like if you know anybody who's suffering with that and who has, consumes a lot of medium, send them her way. And they can see like what advertising and, and marketing and PR does. So, but um, to go into what you were saying about social media detoxes, I think it's necessary. Absolutely. You need to do it. I need to do it way more. Have you guys done one before or like, do you do it often? I recently did one. Okay. I, yeah. I do it a lot. <laughs> I feel, cause I feel, I'm a, cause I start to, once I notice myself starting to feel overwhelmed, Right. Um, just like you said, even if something I've known, even like the Popeye's chicken sandwich, stuff like that, I'm like, I'm out. It's too much going on. I'm tired of seeing this. Or if I notice myself too invested in say mm -hmm. like uh, celebrity gossip or stuff like that, mm -hmm. then I'm like, I'm out. I'm out. It's just too much. Um, I think the longest I probably done did one, maybe it's like a month. I haven't did like the long six months and years that sometimes people do because I find that usually after about two weeks or a month, I feel like, okay, you know, I feel a little bit more at, you know, at peace and balance of where I'm at. Right, right. So what about you? I mean, I don't do them as much as, much as I should. Um, for a long time, I used to tell myself I couldn't because at one point I was working for like maybe six different clients. So I was always managing their stuff. Um, it's, it's, um, really crazy um but i recently committed to doing a um a cleanse so i'll be doing one very very soon how often do you do them um i try to do them like in blocks like i'm not gonna go on for eight hours mm -hmm. um on this day i have certain days where i do it like that where i just i'll have blackout times um but Sometimes I'll do a weekend, um, but I want to do one where I go for like a few months. Like that, that's going to be my thing that I'm going to start the year with. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I can do it though. <laughs> <laughs> what, what are you, are, is it because of like your work or is it just like, what are you thinking is your struggle? Well, because of my work, um, but also like I have a lot of projects that I like to do. Like I, I podcast, I write content and things like that so it's kind of hard to like promote your content without using social media at this point at least for me because i'm not hiring anyone else to do it for me at this point so that's like my biggest thing um but 
I have to find ways to like manage my content. And there are ways to do that. You can manage your content without, with the, the most minimal social media interaction if you're smart and organized. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, Myra's the plug on that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Myra, Myra most definitely this is something called Facebook Studio. It most definitely has helped yeah. to um like schedule posts and stuff. I know they also have like what's it called? Who Hootsuite. Hootsuite. You got code schedule. Yeah, those are called content management systems. So you don't you you don't log into the actual native app. You log into the content management system and then you can just schedule all your posts and stuff. And that's a way to that ideal a lot of times is yeah. through content management yeah. yeah myra's the goat on that stuff though until i'm i'll be like i don't know what to do i don't know i don't know i don't want to post no more i'm tired right. myra be knowing what to do well yeah. all right so that's funny because my best friend she went on a social media because it ended up being two years <laughs> <laughs> dang <laughs> i actually saw one it's a blog called the love and marriage blog and they have a two-week detox challenge where like it has 14 different steps and you do one step a day and i'll share it with y'all if you if you guys want to um well i have the list it's like delete unused apps turn off all push notifications Start leaving your phone in a separate room when you go to bed. Um, follow people that aren't friends or don't interest you. Um, limit all social media to one 30-minute window, which I try to do. It doesn't always work. <laughs> no checking your phone until all morning duties are complete. No phones during mealtime. No Instagram or Twitter all day. Put your phone away for two straight hours. No phone until after work or school. No Facebook all day. Go somewhere and leave your phone at home, which I don't know. I don't know about that one. Uh, no social media all day. No phone for an, an entire day. So you don't do it. You do it um, one each day for for fourteen days. So if anybody wants to join me in that, you know, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> that is hilarious. Um, in a few words, can you tell us some ways that you protect your energy as a media and uh, as a social media professional? Yeah, um, I'll say, first of all, I protect my energy by blocking people <laughs> um, in, in my personal life, unfollowing, muting. Um, I avoid the comment sections like most of the time. I unfollow the pages itself that I start to see they're, they're pushing like a negative narrative consistently. I'll let that go. Content management. Um, as we just talked about, that's one way. Um, my, my keyboard warrior days and like fighting causes, because you're not going to change their mind anyway. Those days are over. Um, but at work, it's harder because like now at work, I don't specifically work with like Facebook and things like that. But now I consume a lot of media for the government. And I just remember this one project that I had this year. It was a really tough project. The content was very heavy. Um, I was researching and writing about the content and I was crying every day for three weeks because oh, I had to look at this really heavy project for three whole entire weeks, uh, you know, crossing every I, dotting every T. And so I didn't have a choice to look away. So what I did is I tried to balance myself when I got home, like um, working out, doing things that made me feel happy having conversations with people that made, made me feel happy, watching things that made me feel happy, and just 
shutting my phone off at a certain time and just choosing things that were a lot lighter since my days had to be so heavy. And it just that balance helped me through that time. Okay. Wow. So our last question, our thing we want to do is um, ask you for a takeaway, whatever that might be. I don't know, Donika, did you have any questions before we start wrapping up? Um, I mean, because it's, you know, I got, I we can go for days and days about this, but I feel like at least for me, what'd you say? Do a part two. <laughs> yeah, we go most definitely to part two because there's so much I want to dive into, especially with the with the the black how black women are portrayed on social media. But I feel like the things that you've talked about have even given me just like a base of like how deep social media is with like the consuming piece of it, but also even the positives you talk about. I think a lot of times, especially for like me and my field I'll be feeling like social media is so damaging to mental health but like you said there there can be a lot of positives from it too mm -hmm. so yeah I mean uh her name was it was Abby Super she owns the crown case mm -hmm. Black Friday she she saw 1.3 million dollars in a 60 million 60 minute time frame today 26 of those dollars were mine you know what I'm saying so <laughs> <laughs> And, and I, I mean, I support her brand and I remember her story times. I remember her funny little stories that she used to tell. Her yeah. videos used to always make me laugh. You know what I'm saying? And she went from running jokes on the internet to she's a business owner and entrepreneur. And it didn't happen overnight. It's not an overnight success, success story, but she leveraged the influence that she was able to create mm -hmm. to create something a legacy i mean that's generational what 1.3 million dollars mm -hmm. my god in 60 minutes <laughs> yeah so, so it, it's a lot of um i always say the power of the internet and and i always say it's a gift and it's a curse you know i'm trying to use it in the gift way and not the curse way <laughs> me too <laughs> sure <laughs> Yeah, but okay. So takeaways. I know I I listen to the pod. Okay, I'm down. So I know it's supposed <laughs> to be um, homework, right? We're supposed to do homework. Yep. Yeah. So I'm gonna give like a two part homework assignment because I'm extra like that. So anybody <laughs> listening, um, I want you to ask yourself some of these questions. So here here are the questions that I'm going to share with you. Do you spend a lot of time thinking about social media or planning to use social media? Do you feel urges to use social media more and more? Do you use social media to forget about personal problems? Do you often try to reduce your use of social media without success? Do you become restless or troubled if you are unable to use social media? And do you use social media so much that it has had a negative impact on your job for your studies. So I got this, these questions off of psychology today when they were talking about signs that you might have a social media addiction because there's whole entire rehab centers that are out there centered around social media addiction. Wow. Um, I've seen a documentary about this boy who was real popping on Instagram and he walked away from all of it because he was so like, he was like, oh, we gotta take this picture again because it's horrible. And like, he was just so invested in it. He had to go to a clinic and rehab for six months to detox, to fully get his desire for social media out of his system. So, 
on psychology today, they said, if you answer yes to like a few of those, you know, you may want to do a detox. But they're like, if you answer yes to all of them and like, you know, you, you just want to start, don't call up the rehab center <laughs> after this. <laughs> call up a, a clinician, call up um, a marriage and family therapist or some, yes. someone, a professional that can help you figure all of this out and then the second challenge is clean up your timeline and I'm working on this to limit my timeline on all my social uh, media platforms to the 50 most influential people that I want to follow all positive people instead of thousands of thousands of people from like you, you met one time at a club you know what I'm saying like 50 people who really just care about you. Everybody else, you don't have to unfriend your mama and your cousins and them, but just mute them or unfollow them so that if you want to see them, you go find them. But what you see every day was feeding into your spirit and your, your soul every day is going to be the influential people that you um, get the most from. Nice. Thank Damn, you. Great. That was really good. <laughs> that was like legit <laughs> homework. I know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for being on today's pod and we'll do a part two sometime in the future. Yeah. <laughs> thank you for having me. Like I said, I, I listen to the pod. Like I enjoy it. It's on my commute. It's at my desk and I love what you guys are doing. So thank you for letting me come into this sacred space. I feel very honored. Thank you so much. Have a good day. Good night. All right, y'all. So I actually have something to share on the book slash movie side this week, which is Hot Twist. Um, so in connection to our topic, there's an episode on Black Mirror. I don't remember what it's called. Um, but basically one of the girls in the episode, she basically lives her life through social media and her life ends up falling to shit because she's so focused on her likes. So I suggest y'all check out the new season of Black Mirror. Um, that's one of the episodes. A lot of the episodes this season of Black Mirror are tied to technology in some type of way. So you'll still kind of get similar messages about the impacts of social media and the influences that it has. So if you have time, I suggest checking those out. Um, and then there's actually another episode about this man who becomes obsessed with a guy who's in control of social media. So he kidnaps one of his workers to talk to this guy. So yeah, check out the episodes. All right. So <laughs> why are you laughing at me? <laughs> Because the stuff I hear about that show, I mean, I don't watch it. I never watched the show until this season. So anything before this season, I don't know what happened. <laughs> so I see always stuff like that, though. It just makes my mind just be like, what the what? I do like Twilight Zone, which I'm like Twilight Zone obsessed. Like my number one favorite show after, no, before Golden Girls. Then Is, is Twilight I, Zone about the vampires and Bella? No, not at all. That's uh -oh. Twilight. Twilight Zone is basically like things that could happen in the future that are like mind fucks based it's like uh black mirror but it's the old version of it because it's like from nine it's black and white it's like super old oh. yeah so it talks about like influences of like how we try to be like people around us and things like that all right y'all so then i also have a takeaway um you can Google it. It's June, J-U-N-E, Jordan, J-O-R-D-A-N-J-J-A-Y. And it's specifically a scholarship for Black women wanting to study abroad for the year of 2020. All you have to do is send them proof that you got accepted into a study abroad program. And you just have to tell them why. Um, I don't even think you have to tell them why you deserve the money. You just have to show that you're Black and show that you're um, how you identify. 
and basically they're going to sponsor you to go wherever you decide to go. I believe it's up to five or $600. So be sure to check that out. Wow. Don't be doing no racial dollars all stuff, y'all. Um, <laughs> anyway, so that's, <laughs> that's dope that, you know, they have that for, you know, black, black people. It's for black people or black women. Black women specifically. Black women specifically to travel abroad. That's dope. And so um, I have an event. So Black Women Healing Podcast next year. We are going to be traveling all across the United States, y'all. We're going to be doing Black Women Healing Circle. It's about to be so lit when I tell you. I can't wait to do this powerful work and hold space with you all. But the first one we're going to do is, um, so if you all don't know, I'm from Louisville, Kentucky. And so I'll be visiting home during the Christmas break and December 30th, which is a Monday from 6 to 8 p.m., I'll be hosting a Black Women's Healing Circle. And it is completely free. Um, donations are encouraged because we want to pay it forward for our next events that are going to be out of state in different places. Um, but yeah. I, I want to invite anyone and everybody who's in Louisville, if you're, if you identify as a black woman, I want to see your face. Um, I think that we're all going to walk away feeling very rejuvenated and impacted in a very powerful way. Yes. Yes. And y'all got to stay tuned for the upcoming circles that we have. Um, thank y'all for tuning into today's podcast. Be sure to drop a comment on any of our platforms or even shoot us an email. We'll be back next Monday. Make sure to tell a friend and tell a friend. And that's it for today's Black Women's Healing Pod.